Welcome to episode 16 of Platform. Can't believe we're at 16 episodes already. Today, we're going to be speaking to Leon Humphreys. Leon is arguably one of the most prolific skaters in UK history. He has got so many full-length street parts, it is just unbelievable. And last year, he released what I would probably describe as his best section to date. That was Devotion. It was filmed and edited by John Lee. He then followed that up with a Pro Wheel promo for Go Project Wheels, which was also filmed and edited by John Lee. And he's just released a new VOD section called Holding Weight that was edited by Scott Blackmore. So loads to talk about there. Leon's also one of the first British skaters to have a pro skate. Um, he had one around the same time as Ty Brissett, and I think Chaz Sands was just a little bit later with Salomon. Um, and to date, there's only been a handful of British skaters that have had pro skates. So among them, Ollie Shaw and people like Sam Crofts in recent years. So he belongs to quite an exclusive elite group in that sense. Leon's one of these guys that just doesn't really seem to age like if anything, he's got more productive in the last five years than he has been throughout any other time in his kind of quote-unquote blading career. So just want to talk to him about all the stuff he's worked on recently, talk about devotion, talk about holding weight, um, find out what the hell happened with his pro skate from Razors that had the wrong name on it. Um, he also skated for Valo and SSM, so briefly touch on that. Um, find out what his plans for the future are, and yeah. Just generally catch up. Before we do that, though, cue the music. The platform, platform, platform. platform, platform, platform. platform, platform, platform. How you doing? You're looking, you're looking well. Yeah, have I got the lighting right? Um, oh, and I've I've just noticed that for some reason it's very bright, and my head, my poor bald head, looks like it's glowing under this because there's a lamp right above me in the in the dining room. So yeah, yeah, you look like you've got a constantly great idea. Yeah, well that 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 could be true. Who knows? Um, yeah, I'm I'm cool, man. Um, uh i've been freezing my gonads off today i've got to say um I've well you would, you would stupidly decide to go out skating a couple of days after christmas in the uk of all places so yeah yeah i mean it's definitely taken um a bit of a, a wintry turn um and i thought i'd just get about it today and um go for a skate otherwise you know it has been just that festive kind of hangover i guess um of just like eating just a shitload of food that you know is just indulgent you know sweets and and the like and a bit of quiet family time and um, everybody's kind of you know nestling away at home as they should be at the right. moment and um you know that that's kind of that's kind of the vibe just get out i suppose if you can for a bit where know. are you at the minute are you are you in the blade house currently or are you still yeah, yeah? right yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I've kind of been here for um, what feels like quite a long time, um, but probably has actually been the last seven years. But yeah, I'm here um, at the Blade House in southwest London. Um, 
and so you didn't um, you didn't go home for christmas or anything like that no well this is home actually yeah so um yeah you know like as in yeah you know what i mean as in like to your to the parentals yeah specifically this area of london is home for me so my parents are actually um they're only about 10 minutes away um i can actually get back and see them very easily and you know i've really made it um um, you know, my responsibility to be there often and, and not be too far away from them, really. Um, so along with like some of my housemates or people in London who are part of the the wider group, they've had to go home and, and do that sort of migration back to wherever their parents are from. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that that kind of locality, you know, I'm here um, in my home in southwest London. Um, who else yeah. is living in the house with you at the moment? So um, I've got um, three housemates at the moment, um, Giogo Atadini, um, who, you know, he's one of those chaps who's a skater. Um, Some people may know him, some people may not know him. Uh, He's a Brazilian fella who, um, you know, moved to the UK um, many years ago, uh, sort of 12 years ago, I think. Um, And I've just you know we've just been close um for many years and you know he moved in about two years ago now i think um then um ross who's the only kind of non uh skater um and he's a chap who you know i played football with um and knew through some other mutual friends so he lives here he has actually come on a couple of skate holidays Uh, yeah he's To to be fair some skate holidays don't involve a lot of skating so you know no, well, you can guess which ones that, uh, you know, you come to, uh, Winter Clash being uh, one of them. Yeah, that's basically um, just then, a piss up, so yeah. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, he's um, he's the kind of guy who has got a bit of an eye of, like, what kind of subculture is this? And he'll sort of try and absorb it and and really, like, observe it. And, you know, he's not really a, a big piss head either. So, you know, he, by the end of the, the evenings, you could really see, like, that worn face like (laughs) just trying to make sense this is a lot to take in yes yes it is yeah because it's just like um you know when we're at home um you know obviously he's really exposed to the amount of like skating stuff that that's happening and very privy to all of the trips that we were able to go on um but then i think it was another sort of um sense of things seeing like some of his housemates just like embroiled in that kind of intensity like you know when i'm at winter clash i'm kind of like divided up like a thousand ways you know just sort of between skating and just you know catching up with people and that so you know definitely an eye-opener for him just in terms of like not really knowing much about skating before moving in and then since he's actually he's got like a, a, a girlfriend um, at the moment who he's been with for some time who's also like a quad skater she's a roller derby skater so that that you know I think all things skating just gravitational uh, you know went towards him since he moved in here they're, uh, they're everywhere and- at the minute like we we have a Thursday night session at Unit 23 and you know, the well is crap and there's probably just as many girls on quads as there are guys on skates it's and they all just yeah. group together because you've got that kind of like almost like almost shared things it's like well stuff's stuck to your feet and it's stuck to ours um and sometimes they'll outnumber us quite heavily and I'm like man you guys are keeping this place open 
Well, there's some parallels there. I mean, um, well, I mean, before I sort of, you know, comment on that, because it's actually quite a lot to say about how healthy um, rolling activity um, has been um, in London. But I should say um, my final housemate is uh, Ben Walker, who's like, you know, a seasoned veteran skater who, you know, I came up with, grew up with in southwest London and have basically lived with here in a skate house um, since day one. And, you know, you'd recognize him from you know some of the things that i might work on you know yeah, the name instagram and website yeah. and all that stuff but um yeah man for sure like huge um kind of burgeoning um scene of, of like wheeled um like activity going on in london for sure i mean and that's evidenced by the amount of participation that uh, on the thursday night roller only now session we never had a roller only and blake and the guys at bay 66 have negotiated um this kind of roller only night on Thursday nights then um, that's been uh, correspondent to how many um, people wanted to come down and practice inline or, or quad um, and stuff like that and yeah I mean it's 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 definitely well, it'll, the it'll sort be easier of, to campaign for now because they'll be like look we've actually got numbers yeah, as opposed to like the last <laughs> as opposed yeah. to the last six years and they'll be like you, you guys do actually have a lot of people coming to this <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you can't, I mean, it is by virtue of numbers. It, it really is yeah. a numbers kind of business uh, decision as much as it is like a kind of responsibility kind of thing. And, you know, also being sensitive to the culture and the changes that ebb and flow within, you know, our culture is a wider thing. You know, it's definitely a good thing. And, you know, Blake and the guys at the skate park, um, you know, finally just reflecting that a little bit. And it, it makes for a pretty um, diverse, you know, inclusive, all of the things that, you know, you would want kind of our culture to kind of lean into it definitely feels like that on on that thursday evening and you know it's it's nice it's that it's genuinely like um honestly just nice it's a nice thing it, it creates for a nice environment and, and um yeah people who are learning and there's that richness about some of the sessions when you see people learning and um there's a younger kind of uptake as well and obviously like a more kind of you know gender inclusive if you will kind of thing you know young girls older women you know quads guys girls young old you know it's really cool um i couldn't be more pleased with how things are you know sort of coming out of like the skate park session on the thursday nights it's wicked you know yeah 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 going to a skate park and actually having a presence of uh estrogen for once is is quite uh surprising as well because <laughs> normally it's just all yeah just been doing S that silly, silly little silly little it? boys of various various generations yeah um, well, we kind of grow we've grown up um with just quite a lot of male um centric you know kind of energy um you know we did formative years up through our 20s you know with really just um each other's kind of energy fumbling through figuring out things and um that's, that's what i mean <laughs> i think i think maybe if there were more women involved in the sport it might have progressed in certain aspects a little bit quicker in terms of i don't know being a little bit more tolerant and uh, uh it's gr growing up faster let's say yeah you gotta you gotta say that in recent years where there's been developments we are like well that was a long time coming and you know so yeah just certain language that people use or certain attitudes that people have yeah i suppose there's something to be said about like the whole confusion and angst and kind of early energy expenditure um that went hand in hand with the sort of um 
improving yourself and and kind of um sort of ego blading for no use of a of a better term just sort of watching what the yardsticks were and and kind of just chucking it and you know for no use of a better outlet of energy you know it was certainly for me one of those sorts of things where you know where there were holes in in my life that I couldn't quite mend and that was definitely being like more fluid socially and and being more like forward in potentially intimate scenarios with the opposite sex or whatever appearing interesting I could kind of just like not bother with the whole awkwardness of that and just be like right fucking I'm gonna just hurl some shit and show people how badass I am you know or whatever (laughs) I think I think that's every like young man's problem trying to appear interesting to the opposite sex I think that's I think that's something that probably doesn't go away with age I think that's why we're probably grateful when we settle down we're like ah like we don't have to to try so hard anymore this is great yeah it's like can somebody please touch me you know (laughs) (laughs) you just and I think a lot of guys, you know, young men were definitely um, embroiled in, in that kind of um, tension and, and aggravation, and you know, and, and, and maybe, um, yeah, a, a sort of more greater uptake of, of, of women and, and, and girls earlier and in that stage would have stunted that or, you know, who, who, who knows, but it, it's really in, it's really in a pretty cool place. Actually, you know, I saw, um, you said estrogen and i was just thinking of michelle stylin um, that's weird because as soon as as soon as i used that word that was the first thing that popped into my head as well so i was like oh, well yeah. she's a smart woman i mean she's definitely um you know got that um whole kind of energy of her skating in in you know it's at the tip of your tongue really and i seen her doing like soul top soul and stuff the other day or whatever with the new you know the way that the blocks are configured on her skates and yeah it was like well that's pretty fucking cool and you know as i was talking about my um my housemate's partner i mean she's like a roller derby skater but then her knowledge of some of the the quad skaters like she knows who michelle is for instance and was familiar with with you know just her whole position with things and you know moxie and everything else like that and now she's gonna be seeing just on her own it like channels like grinds you know and soles and top soles and stuff so you know there's a bit of a a net all sort of closing in there so to speak it's pretty cool yeah i saw that video that joe put up i think I, yeah i only watched it today and they were basically calling out tricks for her to do like do a kind grind she does a kind grind on the quads and do a fish braid and do a soul and top soul and i was like holy shit uh because yeah first off i'd never seen her skate before and i was like whoa you can pretty much just do whatever anyone like shouts out which i knew she was a big deal in quad skating but i didn't you just don't really think about someone's skill level i guess until you see it or like yeah witness. i mean it's that yeah she's got she's obviously like really really comfortable yeah like yeah like she like, just like, like yeah she's one of those people that is like visually pleasing to watch on skate she looks like it's the most natural thing in the world to her um yeah but the thing i was just, confused just, about is what's the deal with that house do you know like because apparently her and miguel live there but it looks like it looks like a dreamland how the hell did they get that place well i honestly um i actually didn't see um that video that you had um mentioned um i think i saw a separate clip on social media obviously it would have been um of her doing that that soul to top soul and the way she just sort of slid the foot under like like whoa okay somebody's been like watching tape she she does it the Um, same way that skaters do though she like yeah yeah she slid it under 
like she didn't sort of step over which is yeah. kind of like an old school kind of sticky way of doing it she sort of slid it under and i was like huh you know i mean obviously like her partner is miguel so you know he, he's an authority they, right on, they're in a relationship you know. didn't realize that i thought they were just like friends or something oh well, i hope i'm not spilling the beans there <laughs> but i thought that was pretty well known no. I mean, I um, know. but you know uh, either way they're very close and right. and clearly there's the uh you know like an osmosis of, of skills going on there um quite clearly going on there but yeah she's she's fucking sick um i really enjoyed like her podcast or whatever from a few months ago i think she did the jump street it was pretty cool i haven't watched that one yet yeah yeah the house looks it's wild really it looks, good it looks like a house in the mountains and then they've got a it goes out there's a platform out the kitchen or something and it just goes straight onto the platform of the vert ramp and it is like a legit vert ramp then there's wow. two trampolines like olympic style trampolines and then a mini ramp well, it sort of sounds like a kind of um, it sort of sounds like a, an offshoot of like Woodward kind of thing. I mean, they both had or at least Miguel has had extensive yeah, time yeah. where you've had living quarters close to like elite, um, you know, uh, like training ground kind of thing, you know, vert, street course, stuff like that. Uh, I actually don't even have a clue. Sounds like a bit of a dream for me when I hear stuff of like background, like uh, backyard skate setups. I think like fuck, man. I I just get so broke. I'd just be broken off like the whole time. Like that's, <laughs> just, that's my concern. Like yeah, you'd go out there on your own and get hurt, and you'd be like, ah, there's no one to like lift me back into the house. Yeah, you're just at the bottom of the ramp. It's like, <laughs> oh shit, my phone's in the kitchen. <laughs> I did not think this through. You need like a panic button on the ramp or something, just in case. Yeah, um, you need like a cord or something, some sort of yeah, yeah alert device. But it, you know, it definitely um. It sounds like everybody's dream. I mean, you know, from who is it? Matt, Matt King, um, one of the London skaters, one of the OG London skaters. He um, had he, a spine ramp in his garden, and then yeah, and then that he, thing he, in his basement. You know who Matt as King well? is? Oh man, everyone he knows ends, who Matt King is. Come on now. Sure, I don't know why I asked you. Yeah, but he, you go back so far, and yeah. I know that you go back as far, but you just sort of have to check that people know what the fuck you're on about sometimes. But um, you know, he had um, he has had a few setups at home. Like he's always had some kind of like home skate park. He had some grind boxes at his a few years ago that people were going in and yeah, I remember seeing the of, like Friday night videos or whatever it was. He used to like live stream it or something like that. Yeah, there was a lot of like Facebook live streaming at yeah. that point, and I think that was just um, prior to I suppose the explosion of Instagram and any kind of streaming sort of capability of Instagram and it's weird that you can kind of look back at eras of sort of social media kind of bizarre. output you're, yeah you're like remember myspace and like most people you talk to are like no i never had that because i was too young and you're like holy shit i'm really old i love okay. myspace I, I used to love it i used to <laughs> i used to really like the the format of like well this is who i'm into this is my top eight this is my top you know whatever my top 10 yeah. it always just be like the most extreme like doom uh metal bands basically yeah yeah everyone had that i knew of it would just be like the most hardcore kind of selection of artists that i knew of would would be would be there kind of thing but i discovered a lot of music through myspace so i can't complain it it was good for that yeah and right we've gone on a weird tangent here right (laughs) so new new sections out holding weight i keep wanting to call it pushing weight because every time i see the term it reminds me of the freddie gibbs song 
which I don't know if you've heard, but is insanely catchy. And now just whenever I see anyone show that like graphic, that yellow graphic for your video, I'm like, the song just starts appearing in my head and driving me nuts. Where does the name come from? Um, yeah, um, I suppose that's that's um, a pretty, um, you know, obvious reference. Um, uh, I suppose it's got its um, kind of rap lyric kind of connectivity there i mean you know i'm i'm definitely a, a guy familiar with like the kind of 90s canon of rap music and and some of the things that are inferred there are obviously like you know slang terms for street jobs and and stuff like that you know so the sort of pushing weight holding weight reference certainly kind of um leans into that kind of idea that you know just sort of in the streets and kind of got work to do but uh, i think like really the thing that I kind of center around, at least um, from this year's experience, and I think most people would would sort of be resoundingly, um, you know, certain about what this year's been like. Um, it's been tough um, for lots of different reasons, um, and you know, throughout all of that um, kind of difficult um, difficulty, you know, I think. Um, you know skating's um definitely been that practice that's helped um, maintain that kind of balance i suppose in 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 my life um and it's kind of like illuminated or helped to illuminate a little bit like in terms of you know like how much there is to carry and and what's worth carrying on and, and what's not and you know i suppose in light of all of the the difficulty and stress and everything i suppose it's also been just a lot of gratefulness and a lot of sort of Jesus Christ, you know, I'm like really lucky to have spent a, a big part of my life, um, you know, with friends um, who are economically stable and safe for the most part, you know, who are able to come out and skate and share this, this kind of um, these moments that we've had. Um, I suppose it's highlighted or, or punctuated the, yeah, just how bright skating um, kind of has been for me, you know, and, how lucky we are to have this so you know the other aspects of my life that i suppose you know they're they're mine to kind of deal with i suppose that's where um the kind of weightiness is, is sort of come from and and i think a lot of those things have been punctuated by what's happened this year and i suppose on some levels just kind of like hidden all of that stuff but you know it's not necessarily hidden it's just what my life's been like it's been like holding weight you know and it just felt right to to kind of synthesize all of that stuff that that's been going on um into into that into that section into that part um that might be one of the meanings of it all i guess for me um you know to have overcome some of that stuff maybe you know or, or just to bear it more like to bear it you know okay. so I don't, I don't know if that made made any sense uh <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just talking. I'm not sure what's coming out. Um, no, no. I, yeah, I think that resonates. That makes sense. Um, the, the thing that like instantly had me laughing because I, I, I bought it the day it came out. I can't remember. It was yesterday or the day before, or whatever. But um, just as soon as I like clicked on the link and it was like filmed on location in London and Norfolk, <laughs> and I was like, that's a fucking rant. Like <laughs> London makes sense. Norfolk, you know. I get that. I'm pretty sure Sam Curry lives there, doesn't he? Like he does. But, but yeah. Other than that, that still and doesn't Scott. make it. That still. Oh, Scott lives there as well. Scott lives in Norwich. Yeah. Right, so he's not in Bournemouth. Any was it Bournemouth? He used to live in before. 
or Dodge? yeah scott was in scott was in bournemouth um right. that's where um he's from um and you know i kind of had met scott and become closer to scott via um, one of my previous housemates um which was mike simpson right um so you know just through that relationship um meeting scott becoming more aware of um the the guys that formed drc at that time um and becoming you know fan like a fan of all of that work and and you know wanting to to kind of um yeah i just i just suppose maybe work on on some bits and pieces here and there mostly with mike um while, while he you was... you made something with drc before didn't you, you made like a didn't you make like a, an edit that didn't have any music it was just skate sounds yeah um yeah good shout um so when mike simpson um was living here um um in london um so i had accrued you know quite um a lot of footage um that does tend to be um you know what most years kind of go by like you know i'll, I'll pretty much set about filming um for various different things i'm never really too sure what's going to come out of it year to year but you know that year i just had like a lot of clips that i was sort of wondering what to do with i'm not the best guy in the world at, at editing um i'm still you know there's still a lot for me to learn there and i do a lot of skating too and there are a lot of other things that uh that you know i'm basically getting on with so if there is an opportunity for me to like work with somebody who has like really um sort of interesting ideas about you know what skating could look like um both from you know their practice of skating and skating with mike you know he's an interesting guy to be around and skate with you know to mess around with to just be spontaneous with and you know yeah just like have a lot of fun with as well you know crack a lot of jokes with so there are a lot of reasons for me to just sort of suggest to him whether he wanted to um you know work on work on some clips um maybe pull together an edit it had music to start with because you know i would often defer and say oh it has to have music to it uh, you know there has to be a music um part of this um section because you know um all skate sections do but he um played around with some of the sound effects and warped some of the sound and ramped some of the sound and played with some of the color and did some effects and and came out with that um that section that had quite a lot of like hidden edits in there um actually um that no one really knows about um but i think when you sit in an edit suite and we've got at the time we had various different edit suites we'd come up and kind of work on stuff downstairs or upstairs or whatever and yeah you know i think the section's got quite a few little cryptic things um that are just sort of quite personal personal little touches and yeah i like it and it came out on drc vimeo because at the time i wasn't in any way established in terms of what i was doing with the stuff that i'd filmed like i've never been particularly good at my own footage management um being organized administratively you know and just sort of you know being the captain of of my own ship basically yeah. when it comes to like producing videos so i you know would often look to guys who had like you know either qualifications or a little bit of experience you know in production and post-production to kind of like work on or to partner up with and that's why i like partnered up with shaman for many revolutions because you know he's got an extraordinary kind of photographic eye and conceptualization of skating and i basically wanted him to like hold my hand a little bit essentially and, and to just sort of 
pick his kind of brain a little bit in that process and learn from him to an extent as well and help him implement some of the ideas that I had and so those are really important formative steps to me like actually sitting and doing some editing myself and and trying to like implement my vision myself but I wasn't very confident for a while doing that so that's why I had Simpson um, edit that piece and I suppose subsequently some of my best pieces of work were sort of things that I'd sort of had a you know I'd asked people whether they were interested in doing this particular piece of work with me you know with for the end product and and so you know um having like a lot of footage over this year it was um yeah it was it made sense to approach scott because there'd been this long affinity with scott with mike with harry with column with louie you know the whole crew are guys that i ended up spending time with in various different parts of the world so you know i felt like we were just getting uh closer and um you know it just felt right at this time um you know to sort of synthesize this whole project together with with scott at the helm in terms of editing it you know um so yeah real real gift real solid he's done me there man um it's, ain't gonna yeah, lie. It, tur- it turned out good although the first i'm not gonna lie the first day i watched it i think because I, I was such a big fan of devotion and devotion's a lot more like in your face like there's a lot of big tricks in there especially the ender which we're going to remind sure. me we're, we're circling back to that um but with scott there was a lot more it was basically just too much to take in in the first watch like you have to watch it i had to end up watching it like three or four times to fully get some of it i was like oh that's what makes that really hard and i was like oh and then yeah. i noticed that he'd like how just how he pieced together certain parts and i was like oh right that was really clever or like just yeah kind of like certain glitch effects or like messing about with like loads of yellows throughout it and things like that and um yeah it was yeah. just it, it felt like it had a totally different vibe to devotion obviously because devotion was filmed over the space of like what over two years plus it's a longer period of time yeah, yeah. but yeah. i felt like this one like embraced your weirder <coughs> side more because there was stuff in there that we don't really see you do like uh, or things that were like a lot more dangerous than they initially looked it was only when you watch back and go oh he could actually have probably died there right okay that right um or yeah man I or think the weird so. like there's there's a thing that you've just developed that i've only seen you do in this section where you do like uh i don't even know what to describe like, it's like a pencil air and you do it at least twice during the <laughs> section there's one where you do it off like a kind of like yeah i want to say it's like a fly off ledge you just jump up and straight and then there's one where i think you do it off oh it might even be like a bin or yeah or yeah you, yeah you, you 180 off it but again do the straight and i'm like that's that's new i've not seen that for well it, it looked the like pencil a kind of like, it looked like a kind of like colin martin reference almost well yeah i think so um although i would stop short of saying that it's um something that i'm like entirely happy to just be like I'm doing some Colin Martin <laughs> shit. Like uh, I'm kind of not. But I'm, <laughs> I don't mean I'm snake like a, in American. I just mean yeah. No, no, sure, but um, no, you're right. Um, I think um, the first one was kind of I just sort of put an end to that attempt. But I think sometimes when I'm out skating, and it's a way of either managing when something goes wrong, like I might be on a grind or I might have misplaced my feet with whatever I'm doing. And a way of almost saving myself or a way of, 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 I suppose, stopping what's going wrong is almost like either 
putting your body quite sort of rigid or putting your body quite floppy or, or making your body quite rigid. And I don't quite know why it's, it's quite funny. It's sort of like a kind of, I don't know, like a comedic coming down from a serious attempt at something. It's either right. that or it's just like something that I know looks kind of silly and it's just a bit of a, an impulse to do it. Um, but then the one off the bin, I was trying to kind of, um, just sort of hyperextend like the bottom half of my body, like, yeah. you know, my legs. So they kind of reached the floor sooner than, you know, if I was just doing like a, a legit 180 or something like that. So there was a, a nod, um, to the sort of like, um, techniques that Colin is doing, but, uh, it is in no way, shape or form of that sort of, um, echelon of wizardry i mean i only recently watched um uh colin's most uh recent oh well anything he puts on is mind bending and yeah, physics it, bending. it defies well i think it defies gravity because i'm like you're i'm pretty sure your feet are meant to touch the ground at that point i don't i don't know how you stop them from doing that but yeah yeah it's just this like deft change of direction where there wasn't enough time to and yeah. you know it's like his body his upper body has sort of twisted or contorted a way that his legs have remained where they were and there's an illusion quality to it as well so that's what makes the skating really interesting it makes you want to watch it uh, once twice three times it actually never gets tired and I suppose what you were just saying just in terms of you know Scott's like editing style his kind of um, palette of skating you know ideas and things that he finds interesting the layers of detail of sound of color of distortion and disruption and then you know sort of letting you breathe and take in some of the surroundings and the interactions and then using the music in the best way possible to create tension and to create kind that, of that is what um, i was going to say as well i like a building it, the way that he's put it together does that it kind of leads towards like a crescendo yeah pretty much where you're like right something's coming and then yeah so yeah and, and i suppose it, it it sort of it almost never quite comes and that's kind of the point it's it sort of it, it we did really think of um the optimum part leaving you wanting more so that was definitely something that, you know, wanted to sort of pull through into the project, that it, it was something that kind of left you wanting more. I mean, I know that I've got like a variety of tricks, but I know I lean heavily on top soles and stuff like that. And, you know, I find um, some really, really good spots that lean into that kind of strong suit of mine with the top sole. So, you know, there's quite a few good ones um, in there that sort of say are the are the kind of the obvious bangers but even those ones it's kind of like the one where i cut my hand and there's that really fractious kind of interaction with the the woman resident there who you know i've got to say i'm just like i'm a total bastard for doing for doing that you know and you know and I, even, I, I was you know, actually I, I, yeah there's a couple of things i was going to reference and that you've mentioned already but i'll let you carry on yeah, no, don't don't get me wrong. It's not like um, you know, I I go out um sort of skating to kind of terrorize people nor am I a saint, you know. It's not sometimes the the kind of collateral of of what's going on in that moment is something where you look back and think, you know, I haven't covered myself in in glory there and and actually in that kind of housing estate, you never know if it's well, not that you never know. It's likely to be older people resting people with some kind of disability just to, and 
you know, I kind of think like that because I'm kind of because I'm a healthcare professional in a yeah. community, so I kind of know that that's kind of what's going on. By the same token, there's this like different um, sort of spark within me that had sort of thought about that particular spot and achieving that that move. And I suppose by the time I'd gotten um, into the really kind of tense interaction, and then you know it turned um reactive from that from that lady um you know i basically cut my hand wide open like it was really bad like and that was exactly what was going to happen when you look at that spot it's kind of not really a spot you know it's sort of like there is a shape there that you could get onto from there and then you yeah. could if you wanted to get down there and that could be a skate move but there are so many stumbling blocks to like that being a thing, but I kind of have made a thing in terms of my skate and of, of doing some tricks like that, where I don't know, uh, definitely being there and trying it in that moment just seems a bit, uh, a bit tricky, you know, for no use of a better term, but you know, those little nails that came out of that thing, it was just so obvious i was gonna just slice my hand open on one of the attempts which is what i did and i was bleeding profusely the water came down and i was like look man i've only got one more and we're gonna have to go and wrap this hand up because it's a mess so you know much like um you know the the, the ender in devotion there was really a, a sort of a quite peculiar uh, mental trigger that was playing out um you know sometimes well, the pressure doesn't uh, work for you you were yeah you also ate shit pretty hard a few times on that and most people would have after a couple of those slams and most people would have said that's enough like i'm done now but yeah that's just testament to your endurance for want of a better word because you you're quite notorious in the uk for taking some of the worst bails anyone like if there's something to hit your face off you'll find a way to hit your face off it like absolutely like you must have banged your face yeah. up more than any other skater i know actually i don't think so you you know like um I mean, I've, I, okay. I've seen you i've um, seen you do a straight air on a quarter pipe and manage to hit the quarter pipe with your face was that in Birmingham? I think it was, yeah. And that, that was, was um, that was horror story stuff, and and or you managed to just clip a lamppost with your face, or like that you... was. Um, th see, those are the two times, and I also um, you, you when also I also had um, some bad breaks. So let's like you've had some bad broken bones. I had my, I you know, I did my time, you know, and um, although that's actually a, a rather silly thing to say because. Um, uh, have I got any wood? Yeah, touch wood. Um, you know, there's always something around the corner. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm really well aware of that. And uh, I've actually like, you know, practiced falling a lot. You know, I, I've got, um, you know, quite a lot of experience of having to react quickly and, and deal with things that, you know, like a lot rides on my health, like everybody's does. Um, you know, I'm, I, I've, I've got a job I've got relationships that depend on that I mean everybody is held um, you know by those sorts of overheads you know I'm I'm not out there throwing caution to the wind you know there is something that's particular that's going on when I go out skating so even with some of the things that um, are difficult it's weird that I'm sort of assembling a set of experiences and my knowledge of physics of how skate stuff 
frames, boots, my body works on the terrain and, you know, trying to make as calculated decisions as possible. I mean, most of the stuff that I'm going for, it's like I've, I've, I've done the work upstairs to kind of work it out really. And, and see, oh, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> at, at no point am I, am I um, like insinuating that you're just being reckless on skates. What I'm saying is you, you've, you've been quite notorious for having shockingly bad luck. <laughs> Yeah, I had like, um, I had, um, yeah, I, I actually had a pretty good year. Like I had some terrible slam earlier on in the year that I posted on the social media, which was just doing a switch up on this ledge and it just went so badly wrong. There was just no need for it to go as badly wrong that, as yeah. that. And that was, that was a, a bit of a, a slap around the face sort of thing. Cause it's just like, well, you know, never be complacent ever you know there's no there's there's no good that can that can come of being complacent on skates and you know i know that riding with the the energy of the session and you know you might be at festival you might oh i just need to skate not put the protective stuff on um or whatever but um for me there's no room to be complacent on my skates there's too much riding on it um and you know i try and concentrate on that sort of state of mind as much as it is like you know physically doing doing the stuff like i, I i'm a lot i'm an older guy so you know I, i've got to just be a little bit sharper um across the board really and and just yeah i think about that all the time actually didn't you know right I, i'm not sure if I rem i'm remembering this right or not but i'm sure around about the time i was i want to say i was 15 or 16 and i was hanging around with chris Doughty a little bit and mm -hmm. I remember him coming back from London or being or just hearing from you and you broke your leg or your ankle or something and a doctor said you weren't going to skate again or he didn't, he basically didn't think you'd be able to. And I think that was yeah. around about the time you were still on, I want to say Fifth Elements. Yeah. yeah. I had um, I had the, the, the Mark 1 U-toes. Are the green ones U-toes? The green ones are U-toes now, are they? Are they? Are they his you took, oh yeah yeah because yours were like yours were like yeah. black they were like black and blue for or something like that no, yeah, green they're, okay. they're green yeah the forest green and black yeah. ones and um i was only a little bit um of time into skating them you just having the time of my life as any you know I, I was only i was one of a few actually had those skates like i, I yeah had i don't remember from the states seeing that yeah right okay and um so this is this is um so what we were speaking about earlier on and just in terms of that kind of um, that immature kind of angst part of the male kind of early psyche of skating where you can go into sessions over emotional. Right. Yeah. And I actually um, at the time was working at a supermarket. I was working at Waitrose. Right. Um, I haven't actually said this to many people, but it is actually um, a pretty relevant thing about going into sessions over emotional. <laughs> but basically, um, I there was this girl who I liked, um, oh, who we like we worked with, right. and basically, like I think we were out, or there was a bunch of like work people out. I'd gone out for one of like the social evenings, and basically, I hadn't like shamed myself or anything, but I was just like I came out of it just thinking, "Fuck, man!" Like. I'm just what am I supposed to do in this sort of situation like if I if I'm like into somebody how do you even make that a thing I was just so I was kind of distraught about it because like I'm I'm just going to be kind of at all when it comes to 
you know, talking to, to girls for the rest of my life. I was so down on myself. And I remember going to work like the next day and just feeling real shit and then meeting the guys after work. And I tried to alley topsoul um, Paternoster Downledge, which is an iconic um, early London skate spot where St. Paul's Cathedral is, but they've reconfigured the whole area now. Right. But you still have um, the black square wall rails as well. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like Barry Reed, Sean yeah. Bonner, like DNA Anthony and, Dickinson, you know, stuff, yeah. DNA stuff. Yeah. All of that. All of those guys, le- legend photos um, up there. Um, and then there was me, so, not even spurned, not even like you know, I'm just like, I'm a loser kind of energy. <laughs> and then I tried to alley topsoil this fucking... Went into it with that positive mental attitude and then going... Yeah, just going... like, <laughs> like, fuck it, you know, I'm... I'm. Who was saying that to you? Um, was it on your podcast that somebody... Somebody was really self-deprecating and it was like an early kind of thing for them that they that they used just being like, fuck you, you're an idiot. And like, fuck it, send it. This kind of thing. Was it you or was it someone else um, that was holding that podcast? Mm, anyway, it doesn't really sure. matter. But the energy is was the same. It was just right. like, I don't really care about what happens as long as I, you know, come away with this alley at Topsoul and get the glory. And, you know, I, I dislocated my ankle. I went on top. I span onto my ankle, landed on it, rolled over it hurt like felt and heard me break my bone was like jesus christ that's not good looked at it and my fucking ankles just facing the wrong way it was just like trip out complete nightmare pain just you know all of that stuff and yeah man that was really bad like i dislocated my ankle i broke my fibula like i had ligament stuff and and this was in 1998 so i when i was looking down i was just like jesus christ you're gonna have to amputate (laughs) yeah when, yeah when you're that young that's that's gonna scare the shit out of you because you're like well, yeah it's like my, am i this vulnerable yeah my body's like, not meant to look like that so that's terrifying yeah yeah and it's just like i'm i'm fucking vulnerable i'm really vulnerable this thing that i thought of um that was gonna suffice in terms of my want to be active and expressive and and aggressive and and all that kind of stuff i thought i had like a, a wick to burn it was just like, oh, fuck. Like, I can get taken out, like, yeah. not walking style taken out for, like, you know, life-affecting injury. And, you know, it wasn't a good time. I had surgeries. I had multiple surgeries. Um, I had four surgeries on my leg. I had metal plate. I had the metal plate taken out. Um, and, yeah, you know, I suppose the guys who were with me at the time who witnessed that and who were in and around that injury and who knew me, um, I was on a kind of you know express path of like doing handrails and really getting good and all of these sorts of things happening and and that ended very very quickly and i was in a world of pain for a long time so it looked like i might not walk again but actually you know i was young and you know they were able to to really help me recover i recovered fully so you know and it probably landed me in good stead to just get that um brutal but profound kind of early sort of warning that you know this is not to be taken for granted and i should never be complacent although subsequent to that injury i've had tons so (laughs) (laughs) 
it's one of those things that even though people all around you are regularly breaking bones, like you regularly hear of people breaking a finger or an arm or a wrist or whatever, you just never, you never, as a teenager anyway, you just don't contemplate what that would feel like until it happens to you. And I got off really lucky for like the first decade that I skated with stuff like that. I would just get cuts and bruises. And it was only when you get older that your frail body starts like snapping once in a while. But no, you were I, speaking I, about your pelvis. I mean, fucking yeah, that hell. was and that happened. Jesus that was like Christ. That was four four years ago. Like that was recent. Like that was that was the yeah. year year my daughter was born. And I was like, I'm I wasn't even in pain. Like I drove home and I was like, my partner is gonna kick the yeah, shit out of me. <laughs> like we've got a oh, newborn yeah. child, and I've just went, well, I'm out for two months. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the state the stakes when when you've got like um you know a young kid, you know, when you've got a dependent, that's obviously like um kind of a different thing. Um, you know, it, it's actually to a lot of the guys' credits who've got um kids and you know they're able um to somehow manage that and come out and skate and still practice and be in that kind of danger, but you know it's a practice as well. It's not implicit that you're out skating and yeah. you're basically you know Carlos Pianowski every weekend I think you can come out and practice and and a lot of um, people are getting a lot of benefit from having a more mediated practice on skates and yeah, yeah. not actually just you know throwing caution to the wind and and that send it kind of attitude that that is to an extent a young man's game but I suppose in the higher elite end of practicing skating it's still very possible that you know, you're going to do a, a death drop rail or, you know, there's going to be something that appeals to you that people are kind of like looking at you like, are you, are you sure? Like, maybe not, are you sure? Actually, I haven't really had anybody being like, are you sure? Like that, that's, I know, I, think, I know what you mean, but we've all, we've all had those conversations where someone's like, this is happening today. And then you just see people like being a bit nervous or tentative and they don't want to be doubters because you don't want to put that idea in your friend's head but you well some some people have mentioned it in the podcast before their friends are just like their friends are a little bit too real with them and they're like you don't have this don't do it please don't (laughs) do it like you're gonna fuck yourself and then but then you've got other friends that are like more supportive but you can tell they're also concerned for your safety because they just go a little bit quiet and they're like okay i'm not gonna do it until the boat here but yeah that energy is um, something that I can definitely um, resonate with. I can think of various situations in the past, namely um, our friend um, Ali Brightwell, who um, famously 540 the big um, single set of stairs at London Bridge by the needle point, um, or rather the, the needle sculpture. And it was, I mean, there was a couple of people who were just sort of like egging it, but for some sort of, sadomasochistic kind of vibes coming out of their camps and then that's, that's when you can spot the who, sickos you can spot the sickos that like know their friend doesn't have it but still want them to try it anyway just to see what happens see it go down let's yeah. see what happens here. i mean maybe it's the one in a million sort of he scrapes his hand just about bums the landing and it's fucking glory but it, it just that we all knew that the forces involved with this were not going to like his body would not support that. And, you know, he fucking died, but he, he really like crumpled. And, um, but, but it, it was funny because 
he like recovered he was fine it wasn't some kind of life-changing injury and actually yeah. when i think about that when it happened you know we were i was certainly really like oh god i don't know if i can watch because you, you sort of know what's going to happen um but it, it's a, it's a fun memory because he was fine and i just remember the kind of the, the energy the giggling but it's like oh my god he's gonna die but it's kind of funny that he's gonna try it why is he trying it what's in his head right now you know i want some of what he's having or that kind of thing but actually i probably wouldn't want what he's having because it was insanity you know it's a big yeah. set there were a i lot think of like ollie moments. short had landed it before that just about so you know but um yeah man we, we got to um we got to uh you know manage manage ourselves you know all older guys out there in in the front lines you know skating street we've got yeah. to manage it i wouldn't mind you but know? all my worst injuries have always been on like the least dangerous things so it's like you'll skate the kink drop rail and you'll come away unscathed or like a cut hand and then you'll skate a p rail and have to go to a and e and you're like how's that fair how is that that's not fair <laughs> i broke my arm um skating a p rail a few years ago um and that was like the most pathetic kind of what what was the point in that you know um, actually i was expecting to look down and just see like my arm in half with just like you know horror movie bone protrusion like compound fracture shit but it was it was just it, it was just breaking a bone fucking hurts it's it's so it's so horrible the idea of it and the reality of it you know but i'm looking to uh to keep it um, minimize that yeah, in the no. future i think that's i think that's a good thing to look to do yeah to minimize i'm keeping it. i'm keeping shit skeletal from here on out you sounds know? good and um, <laughs> right we we keep you're doing you keep doing this thing to me where i keep having to like remember what i ask you because you keep you keep diverting right we're going back to holding weight because there's yeah, some incredibly satisfying things in there the zero spin out topsole along the ledge that just felt as if you could have held that forever it was i was like that's just ridiculous um the true fish to stair bash because mm. true fish is pretty scary on its own true fish when you know you have to stare back like you don't have a choice in stair because the rail ends before the end of the stairs so your balance has to be good to like get that or you're getting wrecked down the stairs and then the true top porn along that weird little coping thing uh, on top of the ledge yeah yeah that must have been uh, so insanely satisfying to do yeah. because it looked oh, like no. I don't know you probably had to wax it up or whatever but it looked like you just slid clean off the end of it like you must when you were like halfway along that you were like i've got this like this yeah is it was it was, <laughs> it was seriously one of the most satisfying things um that i could say grind wise that i've done i yeah. mean if you think about what that thing looks like it, it almost looks like a, a miniature gauge train track um, yeah it's got that kind of like yeah small tracks kind of vibe thing to yeah you know. so you know you see techniques where you you've got a, a small little lip or a small little edge and you know people are able to to find some definition there and it and and holds them on and you know that was a quite obvious protrusion you know and i'd actually sort of earmarked that spot you know for years um it's just in a place in london where you often just sort of skating past it at speed um you know and who knows why on that day it was like you know let's go and do that thing but I remember just trying, um, was it like I did a sweat stance on it? That's the first thing I did on it and just sort of like held it. And I was like, oh my God, this thing is 
this thing is amazing. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. This thing is amazing. I can't believe they made like a, a train track for, for grinding here. And I, I was thinking what's like the most satisfying thing personally for me. And I always think about that Brian Jaggers, you know, TTP with the hood up. Through, that the, through the window. Through, the, through yeah. the window. You know, that one's a good one. And so, um, you know, just, and that was the second attempt. The first attempt, I actually, I, I kind of ate it. I kind of ate shit a little bit on the first one because I, I went way too fast, way too confident. Like I'm going to slap it in, pretend it's a mini ramp, and then just sort of like missed it, rolled over on my neck. And, you know, I was like, ah, oh, bastard. Um, but then... <laughs> right, the more careful one, next time, right? Noted. Yeah, it, just, it just didn't let me off. I was able to come out forwards, let my top side foot slide through you know like it was the most proper feeling ttp i could really wish for it was so satisfying that's why i, I come off and like i just skate off and i just it, make it look like i'm just basically skating home after that just like <laughs> <I'm> done for <laughs> the day go, bye boys yeah i'm just gonna go home that was that felt too sick you know and um so yeah that was a good one and um you know, I mean, in any section that I put out, you know, often there's going to be some some true topside stuff in there. You know, I, I make a habit. Um, and I think, you know, often True Fish is one of them ones where, um, you know, a lot of people do True Fish. You know, sometimes there's a bit of a faking of the funk that's going on there with that one. Um, it's, it, there's quite a few things to really get that all grabbed up and, and i was about to say legit. yours was yours was like legit grabbed that wasn't a like oh i'll wait till i lock on and then i'll go for my foot like you went for the foot definitely i think that's that's the way um in your mind's eye you'd always want a true fish to look i think if we see some of the best ones done uh in the videos you know scour stand fast or tatnasu my man like, you know, these guys are, are grabbing their shit, you know, when they're in the kitchen eating their breakfast before they go out for the session, <laughs> you know, they're, they're grabbed up, man. So I think like uh, I'm not as anal about grabbing for set set tricks, you know, depends what trick you're doing. But I think on a on a true fish, for the most part, you know, you want to be um, you want to be grabbing that nice and early, you know, before you lock. And, uh, you know, I've had enough opportunity to to practice that trick and yeah where i'm at with things you know i don't really uh, if i set my mind to a certain type of move or you know i've gone out with an intention for that day either with a certain spot in mind or sorts of tricks that i'm, I'm thinking of at the moment i want to do them to the best of my ability and to that kind of standard that that um you know so you you, you ain't gonna pick holes in in the things that i'm doing yeah. you know to, to our standards to the standards the established kind of you know standards of, of aggressive skating as it were i still adhere to that stuff um you know a little bit and don't really want to put stuff out there where you'd be like ah oh, but you know I, i'm not i'm not really trying to do that so yeah there's certain elements of our self-imposed rules that we've created for ourselves that some of them some of them can be taken or or left. Some of them it's like, oh, well, you know, you can do a backslide without a grab. But then there's other ones where you're like, well, no, because from my own like peace of mind, I, I have to adhere to these, otherwise it will drive me insane. So it's, it might not even be what the community would respond to seeing you doing it, it would how, how you would feel in response to you doing it. Like you go, oh no, that didn't feel right. Just yeah, your, totally. own, your own peace of mind. I just think the, the true fish position 
it, it doesn't really lend itself that well to no grab. So I just think no matter what, I think like a backslide with no grab, I've seen many that were awesome. Yeah, Back loads, talks, yeah, I've seen many really that are yeah. awesome. Front talks, I've seen many that were awesome. Um, you know, the grabbing sometimes is a sugar on top. Sometimes it's not grab because it's more effective and functional to to make the move possible. You know, sometimes burliness, you know, mitigates the need for the grab. You know, sometimes, you know, the guy is saying, you know, enough's enough. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't need to grab. We don't need the grab. You hear that sometimes as well, you know, and get that sense. So there's a lot of factors that, that you know, change whether somebody feels to do that or not. But for me, True Fish, and especially where that was getting filmed from as well, you know, you want you you want to accentuate and, and ram home a True Fish, yeah. nice fisheye angle. You've got the sound effects of the stairs. I wanted that clip to be like, fuck yeah, you know, like that's that's a good one. I, I could definitely look back on that one when I'm, you know, older or whatever and be like, you know, I, I had the True Fish down, you know. No, it, was, and, um, it, was, it was legit. You touched on the you touched on the woman throwing the bucket of water over you. I couldn't mm. figure out whether that was an apartment block or a commercial building because it had a weird sign that I can't remember it. I had like a sign that suggested it was a commercial building, but yeah, Um, we've already discussed that. But there was another point in the video where you're a bit of a naughty boy, Leon. Oh, oh, um, you might have to remind me what. what, what, Jumping on some poor guy's car bonnet. Oh, shit. Yeah. So (laughs) see if you were coming off a rail and it was like, oh, that came up faster than I expected. Yeah, that whole. But that 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 that, that was an intentional bonnet ride. That was that was. Yeah. I'm using this as part of my trick. Yeah, that that was. Um, so there is a little bit of a background to that, and I guess um, you know, I probably do well to explain that a little bit. So um, I'm not seen as. It's going to be a lot of naughty. Like a, there's going to be a lot a of upset car owners watching that section, going, "The fuck is he doing?" <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, especially when they see like wheel marks on their car as well. They're going to know who it is. But um, so um, I think um just that whole sequence that whole day i mean i remember that day very very well um and joe spray um had accompanied me and he had helped uh, me uh, on some of these sessions he'd come out and filmed and you know kept the camera rolling for for you know we got some really nice rushes you know like a whole nice lot of footage from from that day that's not actually in the video but you know when you go to a spot like that um you know john had turned me on to that spot um you know i really wanted to go back there and film it i had had a few ideas of things that i wanted to do there but you know it's also somebody's home it's also an estate um it's also you know post initial lockdown you know there's a general sense of tension i suppose and you know being in and around people's homes falling over grabbing onto stuff just being a general noisy nuisance as it were you know that kind of stuff you're really coming into sessions especially at housing estates like that and thinking you know i know what this looks like i know that people are already frayed and maybe anxious or whatever else and i'm potentially could be adding to that with what i'm trying to do here so so some of the time i I would want to kind of um almost get a sense of permission for what i'm doing at the spot um you know sometimes there's no one around so you're just kind of doing what you're doing and, and hopefully it's not too much of an abrasion. But that spot particularly, there was this rather eccentric woman who was just sort of hanging out. I think she was talking to a mate. She was talking very 
kind of loudly and she was very funny and she was just like clearly a staple kind of uh resident who was just about all the time yeah she eventually the, made the characters of the estate exactly and so you know she eventually approached me and was just like oh you know i used to skate down stretch my ice rink and you know in my go-go skirt and all of this kind of stuff and just she had approached me and um you know, just began a really, really um, fun short chat. And I had noticed the car, obviously, by now. And it was mold. The inside of this car was like, you know, it looked like, you know, your food disposal bin. <laughs> it, <laughs> it just looked like the inside of a food disposal bin. It was like moldy, like the seats were all moldy. It was, it was really screwed up. Um, right. You know, it was gutted inside, essentially. Um you know some of the tires were flat you know it was clearly like done right, right. This, so it was an abandoned was car it wasn't it was a, an wasn't abandoned a functioning car, car. right that's it was a, nowhere that's near okay functioning then, right. it was never going to function again um and so eventually um i'd kind of found out that the car was owned by the woman who had approached me and who was really fun it was her friend whose car it was and so after we had spoken for a little while we kind of got to the sort of agreement let's say that it would be okay for me to do that because essentially like you know else is going to be done with the car yeah 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 and like i had explained that you know this is kind of what we do i know it looks silly i know it's loud and if you want us to go like obviously that's the priority because it's a it's a close quiet like estate of houses but she was really juiced really stoked really excited by it all stayed and watched a few and then gave the thumbs up and then one of her mates came and also gave the thumbs up and was like Shanika's not gonna mind that was whose car it was Shanika so you know um yeah That's... I got um I I got I got the the permission uh I I suppose and and that's that's why um I only did it a few times because I felt super um I felt like it was a piss take. I mean, I've always wanted to skate a car or a van, like an abandoned something. You see people like, but yeah. you know that they're only fleeting, you know, you know that those sorts of opportunities are a few and far between. And, you know, it's like when you see a decent pole jam, you know, they're going to remove that pretty quickly. It's not going to stick around. So I, you know, it was just one of those things where this is a one-off and I feel like I've, I've gotten permission here. This car is absolutely screwed. I'm going to do it. So, um, um, and yeah, I just, bounced off the bonnet into the bank it was pretty fun yeah street, <laughs> street skating's transient in nature at the best of times because yeah someone will create a new spot or yeah there'll be new ledges or a rail and you'll be like god these are gonna be incredible oh well the weather's crap just now or when you come back with a border wood and then you come back in the spot suddenly unskatable a car or a pole jam just adds a different element to that because you're like we've got days we've literally got days and then this is no longer even gonna exist so yeah yeah that's it um, and it always makes me think of um and again this is something that i think i'm plucking from another podcast that i've watched but it sort of makes me think of that street fighter bonus game where you're kicking the shit out of the car oh great you know, greg the preston fighter was doing turbo. at the end of the greg, um, yeah 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 that's it you were talking to him about that moment. I want to say it was momentum. It was one of the ones he found for them and he was punching the shit out of a car. Yeah, that, yeah that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That just made me piss myself. That was, uh, that was brilliant, you know? Um, yeah. And that's that transient nature of things as well that you spoke about, you know, it's kind of like one of the the cool uh, things about street skating, you know, you, you, you really never know what's possible. I'd always wanted to like skate a car 
but somehow through through dialogue i got permission to do it to sort of yeah. do something destructive to property that seen as like you know that's insured you know and actually well anyway i know what it looks like so <laughs> all right okay yeah um, it's really loved, cool i'm pretty sure did i hear one of the little kids say he's up to no good is that what is, I'm, I'm i think sure. the kid said i think the kid said he jumped on the car he, he right. said that right he went he jumped on the car yes, i was sure i heard him oh yeah maybe i misheard it yeah but i was like, I, That's... I think scott kind of warped what he had said afterwards right, i'd have to go back bit. on rushes but yeah those kids were just like you know we got to the point of each of them having one skate on and then it was just like they wanted they were like begging to put both skates on it's like yeah i don't know where your parents are and <laughs> like you know think this has gone far enough but their, their energy and you know their sort of you know they were just uh stoked uh, to see something like that go down it's always it's always very cute you know cool. um it was a um, cool sequence and then what was so that was you were saying what it was like film scott making that section using clips that you'd obviously gathered throughout the year before that you obviously had the massive section with john lee mm-hmm. and you guys were living together in the same house at the time right no so throughout when, um when you brought out uh, devotion no all right no, i thought no, he no, was no. Did, no so did i not hear John, you guys were living together at one point or have i just made yeah, this up yeah yeah right. no 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 you didn't make that up so at the beginning of this year john had moved in and he moved out about a month ago prior to that um john had been living in reading and through the whole period of filming for devotion and whatever other um, you know, sort of projects were being kind of worked on with some of the other lads, um, you know, via Johnny's and partnership with whoever. Um, but, you know, in that period of time, we we were very focused on on completing that project and doing what we thought we needed to do for that. Um, he was living in Reading, so I might go to Reading sometimes. John would come to London, would come and stay um, either here or at Bowers or whoever else's. And so we kind of just did it like that, really. Um, you know, he he didn't actually end up moving here until the beginning of the year. So for the whole 18-month, two-year period, it was essentially meeting up for sessions as per usual or actually going out up to Reading um, to go and film in Reading. Because Reading's actually amazing for skating as well, you know, like where John's from. I've actually been going to Reading for, you know, a long time, since the, the 90s, actually. You know, I've been going up to Reading and, you know, kind of yeah, uh, interested uh, in skating with John and Hayden and thing is you from know, there Joe as well, Coyne. isn't he? Joe, Joe Coyne, that's who I was Joe thinking Coyne, of. Yeah. Joe Coyne, yeah. Joe Coyne, the originally. Right, yeah, original Reading crew, 734. I didn't yeah. I didn't know how long you and John had lived together. And I know that your section obviously came out last year originally as a VOD. And I, mm-hmm. right, I just kind of got it into my head that you guys were just on an absolute tear and living together in the same house, bouncing ideas off each other all the time. And just because... There was like a 12 month period there where it just felt like John was firing out his best stuff because he came out your section, Bower's section, which again, I think Alex is with vanilla. James's right. best section that he's made. Uh, vanilla, yeah, was around Sweet that period as well. For James. And yeah, yeah, I mean, and it just felt can't... like you guys were both insanely motivated. And then as a result, like that's kind of unheard of that he's made two two separate skaters best sections that they've ever made which i don't know if you take that offensively or not but like no that 
like those are as far as I'm concerned, like my favorite edits of both you guys. Yeah, I'm I'm enormously proud to have completed um, that project and to have gone through everything um, just in terms of going out and actually doing it, skating, um, getting these high mo, getting through these high moments, you know, like bleeding in pain, you know, and then all of the surrounding chill outs that were needed whether that was chilling out back at the house or when we we're out skating and just sort of after the session we're just sort of sitting on a patch of grass somewhere all together having just some of us you know gone through a lot you know intensity out street skating completing these moves you know i'm enormously proud um pleased no, no one will ever be able to to kind of take that from us you know like making those uh films and what kind of devotion looks like objectively to other people definitely people have, have sort of spoken to me and have messaged John or whatever about what they felt from it, what it communicated to them. It seemed to resonate um, on a few different levels, not just as in terms of, you know, like it's, it's a good skate video. I think clearly it's a good skate video. There's, you know, John and I are both experienced skaters um, in and around the culture for most of our lives, you know, both filmers, both skating, both practitioners, both obsessed to some level. Um, and I think um, a lot of that devotion as it, as it, you know, harkens to is, is, is what came through in, in the project. And as I said, you know, nothing's going to take that away. I, it's a, it's a, an enormous achievement and it's a big deal, um, you know, and it was recognized as such as well. Um you know for for what um awards are worth in in the inline skating community i think you know for for joey and todd to kind of recognize us in in their awards was something that meant a great deal you know especially guys like that who you know are so well established in the deep history and aggressive but took skating and have taken and are taking skating into this diverse um kind of terrain of different techniques and practices with the other types of equipment too so to have that recognition you know from them meant meant a great deal actually you know and um i think for james as well you know like um james like a real good friend of mine it's been awesome just being in and around him watching his um skills develop and um either getting to film with him film him um and just watch him kind of go through all of the emotions when he's out skating as well i mean that's what it's all about you know you see people overcome their 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 barriers overcome their inhibitions overcome their challenges realize the things that they've been thinking about for a long time and in sweet share music you know john james, very james, well had to, and, james had to overcome rage on multiple occasions <laughs> yeah i mean he's it, it, an intense guy to work with i mean and so and so am i and when you're getting beaten up yeah you know and, and yeah, i guess yeah. it's about it's one thing is about getting beaten up the other thing is like you know i I really, I'm better than that. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like, um, you know, I'm not doing myself a good, I'm doing myself a disservice here. So come on, let's step it up. Let's get going here. But I just think it's often around getting beaten up and, and taking, you know, taking a knock. And that's just like, um, you know, there's, there's, it's very, it's very difficult to, to negotiate around pain. You know, that, yeah. that's, that's something that's difficult to just be like, Oh well, I'm I'm so zen right now with that, you know, hematoma growing on my under my knee, yeah. you know, because then you're like, oh well, I've 
well, I've got to get this now or, or I'm basically going to have a dead leg in five minutes and then you add pressure to yourself and, and it's highly pressurizing. And, and James, unlike uh, James, like, you know, other, you know, top, top skaters, you know, at that level, you're going to get stressed out. It's going to be very difficult to just be like calm about shit. But then sometimes he laces shit early. You know, he laces shit early doors, a few attempts in. Some well. of the, yeah, some so, of the clips where he's rolling away, just you can see how just like giddy he is. he's like, he's like that giddy. was fucking first try. He's like, there was no yeah. battle, there was no pain. He's like that just then. You can just see like yeah, no. the pure joy in his face. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and actually, you know, that certainly in in like sweet shim music and and in parts that you know John has worked on with James, like you know that there's this really like honest kind of side of James that's brought out in those parts. And, yeah. you know, you see why he's one of the top skaters in London, one of the top skaters in the UK, one of the top skaters we got, you know, in, in, you know, the continent or, or whatever over on these, on these sides, he's putting out some of the best material that there is, you know? So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, and, you know, Alex with vanilla and, and so on and so forth. These are top skaters working, you know, with a, with a top guy at making at these parts and conceptualizing and, and pulling together, the dopest kind of street skating and yeah i you know i, I, would, I would definitely say that um there's yeah 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 hell yeah you're entering the section the top soul to top soul so obviously john shows the struggle at the start where you take an absolute kick in and then at the end it looks like you obviously must have came back to that spot two or three times Mm-hmm. You laced the shit out of that. Now that is a square rail to rail with a shitty sloped run up, and you did top so to top so and came clean off the end of that thing. But how pissed are you that Dan Collins skated it in his new section and did top acid to back royale on it? <laughs> well, I'm not really I'm not really that pissed, actually. Um I mean I don't think, you know, you kind of cock your leg and, and, you know, squirt the pheromones over a spot. Like, now, like you, you, you say it. that, you say that, but some people are very precious about things like that. And if it's an ender to a section, like some people take that shit seriously and they go, cool, sure. now I need to go back and one up you because that's my spot. But like, yeah, sure. I mean, so you know, I was just wanting I... to get your take on it because some <laughs> people, and you know, you like, Everyone knows know. people that do that are pro skaters that are like, well, no, I'm never letting anyone have that spot. That's my spot. Like, yeah, I'm- no, I, I know. And I think if you're inclined to kind of measure yourself up against um, others by like wanting one upping somebody on, on a spot that they are, are well known to have, have struggled to complete, but actually completed with a plum, then, um, you know, it's kind of self-evident, you know, what what that is really as far as i i can see and you know um i again like I, i'm not too concerned about cocking my leg and and claiming anything you know i'm just, just checking I, just making sure <laughs> no i t- you know i i actually it's an incredibly difficult spot to skate it's an epic spot <laughs> it, it's it a, looks it, it looks it's a roundabout horrible. it's a huge roundabout but it's like um it's that whole area is within the roundabout. So you kind of have to kind of, the cars are all going around and you look inside of it. So it's, it's, it's sort of like this um, brutal big bank sort of scrap park kind of thing with very scant evidence of like, um, like trying to change it. So there was um, 
at one point i did a trick there many years ago um that adam cole shot doing a mute out the of air the, um, yeah because yeah and there's like a there's like a double decker bus in the background because i've yeah. seen i've seen that spot like from different angles and skateboard videos and i've seen james yeah. huck over the fence and it's always like it looks like the same spot but then when i'm seeing certain people do tricks on it i can't you know when you're always looking for like the other parts of the spot in the yeah, background yeah. and you're like i can't see any of the other shit this can't be the same well place. they 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 made a um at one point there was a little concrete wedge that just sort of made a transition enough for me to kind of fly up it and and just mute out of it but you know the whole thing um as i was saying it's like it's a very very appealing uh place to go to like get your ender type thing i think by the time we had gone there to film that um and the discussions that i'd had at the time with john and with a few others who i was sort of saying i, I was thinking of doing this and you know it was just like um it was almost like felt like wringing the spot dry kind of thing i know a lot of people had been there i'd seen um I, i've forgotten the chap's name he's one of the um james would know one of the atlantic drift fellas who had tom um, knox. not tom knox can't remember his name okay he's a london based skater anyway he does a, a heel flip or something recently um round the corner but in the same roundabout area it's an absolute hammer and i think that was the last visitation that yielded a really big trick there right. um and for me like i i haven't really ever worked to an ender before like believe it or not i, I don't tend to have an ender in mind whereas that was maybe the first sort of ender that i was kind of like well that does tie this thing together. There's a sort of narrative because I'd sort of been there on so many yeah. occasions and it wasn't really obvious how I was going to or how we were going to to get this complete. You know, I'd, I'd been through the mental torment. I'd been hurt. I'd been cut. You know, I got strained thighs from jumping so many times. I'd spent so many attempts trying to work out the physics of getting onto that rail um and then having just the confidence and and basically the courage to just stay on the inside of it trust you know trust my top soul it's i trust my i trust it that with my life with the top soul and just kind of go for it really and um it just took a lot to do it um should it have taken three visits probably not i felt I, like um, i don't know it looks like it like you, that's the kind of thing where I just don't think most people would even think of that trick on it. They'd just go, nah, that's that's taking a serious, that's taking more risk than's necessary. Because you're basically committing to a topsoil on the drop side. Like you're committing your body to the yeah, drop side. Yeah, you have side. to be inside. The, yeah. the, the point was like, because when we went there as well, you've got to understand that these sorts of spots, you know, they're often, they're just filled with glass and pee and, you know, like mattresses where people were once sleeping and, and actually, and that's not just a kind of, you know, it's more like, well, is somebody coming back to sleep here? So I think I'm just prancing around above somebody's like sleeping spot. And when we'd gone there a couple of times, there was sleeping stuff there. Again, you sort of taken a mick a little bit in areas where you're just thinking, you know, this is just a sort of a, an abandoned space, you know, in a way. But it just took ages to really just to jump to it. The first time I a legit jumped for it, I did it, you know, and so it it speaks to how something works itself into your mind and becomes this mountain to climb and you know you're sort of looking up to the sky like you know is this going to happen what kind of force of exterior is going to help this happen you know because i've i've emptied everything inside of me to to find my way down from here and 
you know, I just, uh, it was something quite magical as to how it happened. It really, I can't describe it in any other way. I, I wrote about it a little bit um, on the bank website. I've written a couple of essays there and about, you know, some of my experiences during moves and some of the other um, details or things that came to my awareness about the state of mind that I was in. Um, but yeah, it was really quite a magical thing. And, you know, the section sort of ends in that way, I suppose, um, with that interaction with that lady, um, you know, really tying it all in because she was the, the mental trigger for the thing happening. She had come at the start of that session and was really cool was really nice it was like i'm a teacher and i just like the fact that you guys are out here setting an example being active and expressive and just being really cool and then went off did a shopping i was there an hour and a half later with john basically tearing my hair like oh my god you know like i don't know man like if this is happening my thighs were dying she turned up and i could see her just over there and she stopped to watch and then it was just like all right okay let me just show let me just show this woman that it's possible she was really cool i don't know what happened it was like a magic and yeah. done so you know i don't know how to explain that um i tried to explain it you know yeah. i tried to write about it but it was just a little bit a little bit of magic and you know you could go there and do a switch up over it you could go back there and do exactly the same move you know nothing will take that experience uh, away and and that's the thing that you know I, I value a lot about what happened there on that day and you know that sort of ended the devotion part it was it's very special to me it's meaningful to me 